Welcome to all my cool cats and cool kittens. They try to copy our style, but they stay frostbitten. You're now tuned into the sounds of CFRE 91.9 FM and live on the airwaves of CFREradio.com. Thank God it is Thursday, April 30th, 2015. It is your man, DM Cool. And welcome to the cool. Welcome back to the show, people. Once again, you are now tuning to CFRE 91.9 FM and on the live airwaves of CFREradio.com. It is your man, DM Cool, and this is Cool Radio. Oh, you didn't know? Your ass better call somebody! Tell a friend to tell a friend because we are on the air right now and we have a lot to get to you on today's show. Tonight, we have my man Crosswords in the building. He is one of the members of Vibonics. He will be talking about his latest project and all of that. Also, on today's bill, we will be doing a special edition of Trip Talk. Usually, we do three topics within that, within that segment, but... I feel like because of what's happening in Baltimore right now, we got to dedicate that entire segment to that. And also, we have the Wankster of the Week coming up at the end of the show. Who will enter the shallow walls of the Hall of Shame? You will find out around the 8.50 mark. But before we get to all that, you already know how I like to start off the show. I have some grievances to get off my chest, if you will. And I feel that's only right that I share this with you people, the cool cats and the cool kids. So on that note... It's time to let that dish breathe. Let this bitch breathe. Yes, yes, it is definitely time to let that ish breathe. Indeed. Now, as I alluded to, we will be discussing uh, the Baltimore situation in this episode of Cool Radio. But what I would really want to get to specifically before we get to all of that, um, I was in the middle of a debate with one of my friends on social media the other day, and we were discussing as to whether or not celebrities should be role models. Now, I know that this can be somewhat of a tricky topic at times, but in my opinion, I don't feel like it is their main obligation to be role models. I think, in fact, it is their choice if they want to be role models or not. If they are, then they have to prepare for the duties and responsibilities of being a role model, but if not, then they can go about their business. It's totally up to them. That is my opinion. Now, with that being said, this kind of correlated to the situation that is happening in Baltimore. And my friend was quick to call out a large uh, consumption of rappers who have not been vocal about this matter. But the way he went about it, he was very generic and very blanketed with a statement saying that um, rappers spend so much time, you know, uh, selling us products, selling us liquor and sex and what have you, but they don't take the time to preach the good word, you know, to the people who are consuming the products that they're selling. And while I understand where he's coming from, I feel like that is a huge generalization because not all rappers are selling us 40 ounce liquor. Not all rappers are making a bounce on low riders. Not all rappers are making all the girls wet in the club and what have you. It's not all like that. I mean, when was the last time you saw common, 
uh, endorse a bottle of Almondale. When was the last time you saw most deaf make a rain in the strip club besides Miss Fat Booty, which had a concept to it? Uh, <laughs> and when was the last time you saw, let's say, I don't know, like Kendrick Lamar, for example, sell you 40-inch rims? These generalizations cannot be made for the entire stratosphere of hip-hop. I mean, you look at Jay-Z. Uh, he, is, he was on the committee board for Macy's when they went through the whole uh, racial profiling in, uh, situation. And then also he confronted New York Congress to discuss certain laws that should be made within the state of New York as it pertains to stop and frisk. Then you have Nas, who went on the Million Man March uh uh, sometime late last year, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. And also, you have Wale, you have Joy Badass, who are currently in Baltimore right now uh, doing their active or their civil, civic duties of protesting as to what's happening right now. You even have NBA superstar Carmel Anthony, who I'm not the biggest fan of, but I will give the devil his due. He is doing his due diligence in Baltimore right now since he is a native of Baltimore. So you can't just be making these certain generalizations about you know, whether it be rappers or black entertainers in general as to what they're doing and what they're not doing, because a lot of them have done a lot behind the scenes, but because that isn't as highly publicized as their music videos and the amount of hits that they have on the charts, it doesn't mean that it doesn't exist and that we should just dismiss it. So I think that is where, you know, my friend, my colleague kind of got mixed up with his words and what have you. And I think a lot of people in general have that twisted because of the fact that all they see from rappers in particular, you know, the glitz, the glam, the glory, the money, the women, the drinks, the cars, the, the you know, the typical commercialization of rap that you see on a regular basis. But I don't think that should be blanketed towards all rappers in general. And I feel as though, you know, some people will say, oh, well, guys like J. Cole and what have you, they're supposed to be the ones protesting. And that's why they are. Well, OK, then. Good. They are protesting. Let them protest. Just at least be happy with the fact that you actually do have rappers that are protesting or taking some, some sort of civic stand. Nonetheless, that shouldn't be an obligation put on all people. And let's put it this way. Some people say that, yes, these all these guys should be protesting and they should all be role models to some certain extent. How about, you know, some of the educators who chose not to protest in the Baltimore riots? They could easily talk about, you know, the, the socioeconomic situations that deprive some of these children of the funding that leads into poverty, that leads into this type of chaos. You could protest against some of the officers who are on duty who may not be for what is happening within, within their precincts, but they are still employed by the police nonetheless. Because at the end of the day, that's your only source of income. Let's not point fingers at the people that's easiest to point fingers at. If you're going to do that, then you got to do it for everybody else. And on that note, we're going to go to a commercial break. Coming up at the 815 mark, we got my man Crosswords in the building. We're going to talk some music. We're going to talk Canada Music Week and all that good stuff. But before we get to that, we need to give you guys some music. All right. With that being said, this one comes by my man Logic. This one is called I'm Gone. So keep it locked. This is Cool Radio. And be right back after these messages. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the show. You're now tuned to CFRE 91.9 FM. And also on the World Wide Web at CFREradio.com. It is your man, DM Cool. And welcome back to Cool Radio. Now, as promised, our main event is in the building right now. Now, ladies and gentlemen, this man is a what I like to call a Hall of Fame member of Cool Radio since he has been on the show before. Uh, it's his first 
appearance on Cool Radio since early 2014 when he came through with his crew, Vibonics, and he has come to promote his own solo material as he'll be performing at Canada Music Week uh, next week, of course. He'll be opening for my man Post Malone. Uh, this guy, he is a beast with the wordplay, which is only fitting that he has earned his name, and he will be talking about his latest project, which is entitled by his own MC name. Ladies and gentlemen, I am talking about my man, Crosswords. Cross, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, man. Hey, no worries, man. It's, it's been a minute, man. I think last time I saw you, you know, the beard was, was a lot more <laughs> scruffier, more Grizzly Adams feel to it. Yeah, for sure. No, I, 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 I tamed down a little bit in that regard. Uh-huh. So I think, I think it's for the best. I mean, sometimes I'll even tell my barber, like, just, just cut a little bit, and then he'll just like trim it all the way down. Because I yeah. think it's like he knows it's like this is the look for you, you know, this look for me. So exactly, I'm with it. I'm rolling with it. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. You know, you know, sometimes you know your barber has to be your your professional stylist and what have you, your image consultant. Right. Exactly. You know, he has, he has to be. Uh, I guess the realist in the situation and, and kind of bring me down to earth. There you go. There you go, man. So let's get to talking, man. Let's get to talk some music. Now, the last time you were here, uh, you were with the crew, Vibonics. You guys were uh, promoting new material and what have you. You know, How's everything been since then with Vibonics and also your own material? So Vibonics is actually, we're on, we're on break right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty much broken up for now. You know, I mean, who knows what the future holds. Mm-hmm. But I've been really focused on my own solo music since, since really since we broke up in April of 2014, mm-hmm. and I already had this album slightly in the works, but it wasn't full throttle because obviously the band is a big commitment. Exactly. So after that, I just kind of went full throttle on this. I picked up a full time job because I didn't have to do those daytime rehearsals anymore. <laughs> uh, and you know, the soul, life of a solo artist is basically you you dictate your own schedule. Mm-hmm. So I made time for my music in the afternoons and what have you. And I've just been working on this. We, yeah, I mean, it's so much to tell about this album, but we put it together last summer, recorded it, got it mixed and mastered within a couple months. And then we've just been plotting, plotting ever since. And, you know, these videos that we just put out, they've, they've been a long time in the works. And now we're finally, we're finally able to put the album out the way we, the way we want it to, the way I want it to. And by we, I mean myself and my producer. That's really all it is. It's me and him, Justin Limited. Mm-hmm. We've been working on this. All the beats are made by him. All the raps are written by me. And yeah, that's how it's been. That's what's up, man. Now, tell us about the reception that you've been getting for your solo work thus far, man. How has it been? Man, uh, the blogs have been showing some serious love. Uh, I've, I've really got to thank, especially, especially a few blogs that have been really like up on everything. You know, uh, BoyWonder.net has been posting up everything. Um, City on Clouds, Hip Hop Canada blogged about the album before I sent out like a press release for oh, it. Nice. You know, like they, I guess they saw that I put it up and they posted it. Mm-hmm. Like they, they hopped on it quick, right? Like they saw the the tweet mm-hmm. or the Facebook message and they posted it based on that. You know, like mm-hmm. as an independent artist, that means a lot because for independent artists, you you a lot of blogs, especially more known ones, they don't really take cues from the artists themselves they have publicists that they have go-tos you know and i totally understand that you gotta you gotta respect that because how many artists send them emails per day and a lot of them like two dope boys emails are very public you could find them so for uh, an artist to not only not go through a publicist to get to them but for them to actually kind of seek you out it's an honor so you know big shout outs to hip-hop canada for doing that 
and there's a few others on Come Up Show, mm-hmm. huge supporters. I mean, if I missed your blog, I'm so sorry. Uh, you know I'm watching out, and you know I, you know I respect it because I do repost and I do retweet and I do all the social media stuff that I can. Yeah. Uh, because you know the blog love has been great, the fan support's been great so far. You know, got a few sales for the album thus far, which obviously means a lot. You know, like for all the money that you you put into music, invest in yourself as an artist. Mm-hmm. You know, to see some of it coming back. From from people, whether they're friends or fans, you never heard of them before. Yeah. I mean, all of that. It, it's it's just, it's just so rewarding. So yeah. I've been getting that, and I, I've yeah, I, I can't I can't lie. It's been a great feeling, and you know, we haven't we haven't yet recouped yet. So if you're hearing this and you think, oh, that's great, you know, he's got his money. <laughs> I got a little bit of it, you know. So you know, if you do like the music and you want to check it out, everything's on my website www.crosswordmc.com and you know all the support is always it's needed and it's appreciated like i definitely appreciate it i'm never one to act like i deserve anything you know i i definitely appreciate all the support that i've ever been given absolutely man it's all about hard work and dedication uh now you did mention earlier that you know as a solo artist you kind of work on your own schedule um so going back to that uh what's the creative process uh like in terms of uh, being a solo artist versus uh, being a part of a band? That's a really good question. When I was with a band, we definitely, all of us kind of brought our own thing to the table and there was never anything like, it was never anything like what you're doing is wrong, but to make all the pieces fit, everybody had to maneuver a little bit. Everybody had to kind of make it mold uh, the song and the, the goal and the idea that we're trying to, attain and for me i learned a lot i learned a lot in terms of songwriting in terms of things that i don't think about as an mc as an mc when i'm writing i'm trying to write the craziest stuff the dopest patterns like the illest stuff that's going to be so hard to to break down and comprehend for the average listener and when we're with a band it's like you can't do that because there's already so much going on and so i definitely learned to to rein myself in a little bit in order for the greater good not only of the band but also of my own lyricism another thing i learned and the thing that a lot of mcs just don't do is covers Mm -hmm. and that really like that probably spared me like honestly like two years of emceeing you know just by doing covers because i'm not one to I'm one to appreciate music. I'm not one to try to regurgitate it. So for me, in all my years of being a a human being and loving and listening and adoring music and hip hop music in specific, I've never been the type to like actually sit down and like memorize the lyrics and try to copy the cadence. I've been like, all right, this is what I'm going to do. And so for me to sit down and like, you know, study how someone's rapping it, study how someone's flowing it and try to mimic that and emulate that, it actually seeped into my own songwriting in a way that like you know you, you we're not covering schmoes we're covering the greats like we're covering biggie outcast nas and you know black thought the roots so when we're doing those covers if i'm just like it gets ingrained in me how to write like them or like just just their writing style really and so that's a couple um, incredible gifts from a songwriting perspective that i gained from the band but the solo solo music is more like Honestly, the way me and my producer work is we go into the studio, he makes a beat, I write the lyrics, we bang it out. 
and then there's other times where I'm just writing on my own. Like the creative process is all over the place. And uh, yeah, the band definitely taught me some lessons, and I'm I'm appreciative of it. That's what's up, man. That's what's up. Now you'll be one of the many artists that's featured on the Canada Music Week bill. Um, so I have, first and foremost, have you ever performed at Canada Music Week as a solo artist? As a solo artist, no. I've performed with Vibonics, but not as a solo artist. Okay, so what's that experience going to be like for you then? Like, what are you, what are you predicting out of that? I'm predicting a lot of people to get to know me. I'm predicting uh, a, a big night. The night I'm doing is actually kind of unique because it's not your typical CMW showcase, yeah. which could be, you know, a bunch of artists and maybe a headliner, maybe not. Mm-hmm. We have a headliner at our showcase, mm-hmm. and that's Post Malone. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we're trying to get a lot of his fans out there. Not because, not just to, you know, have other people's fans there to draw from, but, you know, he's a dope artist. He's a very up-and-coming, buzzing artist that I'm, you know, lucky to be paired with. So because of that, I feel like it's going to be a huge night. It's going to be a a lot of buzz around it because Post Malone's first time in Canada, Mm -hmm. nobody knew about him last year. Mm -hmm. All his releases have been from 2015. Mm -hmm. And he's got one huge song called White Iverson, which has hit over two, probably two and a half million now, plays on SoundCloud. In a matter of months, two, three months. So, you know, I'm really excited for it. I just want to see how people react to Post Malone and then by that, by virtue of that, how people react to me mm-hmm. and all the other great Toronto acts on the lineup. Exactly. Uh, would you consider CMW to be kind of like the Coachella of Canada in a sense? I don't know if it's the Coachella of Canada. I think it's, it's, it's trying to, it's kind of in the same vein as the South by. Okay. You know, like, I feel we have North by Northeast, we have Indie Week, and we also have CMW, and CMW is quickly becoming, I feel, like, on par with North by, or maybe, like, yeah, just, like, around that same level of of importance, and in some aspects, which, for artists, I think it's even more valuable than, it's probably the most valuable festival in Canada. Mm -hmm for an artist because they have so many conferences and networking opportunities that if you're an artist and you're on CMW, you get a free pass to all this stuff. Yeah. So, you know, for all the artists out there, take advantage of this because it's such a huge opportunity to meet people you would not normally meet. Mm-hmm. And CMW, I feel like, offers the best of that in any out of any festival in Canada. I don't even think Coachella has that. Like Coachella is like, you know, you just go there and... You 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 do you do some things you don't talk about when you come back yeah, home. From what I've heard. Yeah, yeah. I've I never I've never been. You know, I've never been. But you know, from what I hear, Coachella is more about the experience yeah. as a fan, and I feel like CMW is more about it's more tailored to the artist. Gotcha. And if you're an artist, I mean, it's you can have a field day with CMW, especially if you attend all the conferences and networking sessions and play your cards right, and then you know you can. You can live off it for another year, and the next time next year comes around, you're in a better position to make even more connections. Exactly. And I kind of liken it to a bit of a Coachella because I remember when Coachella first started, it was more of like a more of a, uh, a festival to get independent artists, you know, onto the scene to, to break them into uh, the, the norm, so to speak. But then I think over the last five years or so, it became more of a thing where it was cool for the random mainstream artists to, to get like a headlining bill on it and then eventually it became the cool thing for mainstream artists to get on it. Now you have like I remember Dr. Dre and Kendrick Lamar were there one time and then you had Drake and Madonna this year 
Uh, I think Snoop Dogg is that's when the year when Snoop Dogg did the hologram thing with Tupac and what have you. So yeah, it has become somewhat of a of a pop culture phenomenon nowadays. And you know, we'll see where where Canada Music Week goes. I mean, so far uh, the reception for it is pretty great. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with you on that. I definitely see that point. I feel it's about having a balance. Mm-hmm. You know, you have a few headliners here and there. Like even CMW has some pretty heavyweights yep. every year. And this year, it's as far as hip hop goes, they have Joe Badass, mm-hmm. Gold Link, uh, Mick Jenkins, mm-hmm. you know, and some other other acts like Saba from Chicago, who's really killing it out there. Uh, a bunch of dope artists. So those are the headliners. Headliner types. Jameson is headlining. A show, so you have all the, all that stuff going cash cash out. Mm-hmm. Remember cash out? Right, cash yeah, out. yeah, right. Well, he's he's back, okay. and so and he's he's doing he you know he's doing he's doing a show. So they have those. I feel like it's important to have that balance. Like Post Malone, he's a headliner. I feel like he's he's doing South by. He's doing festivals. He's going to be doing major festivals soon. Mark my words on that for Post Malone. So having him for our, like, I feel like that's when it works symbiotically. Where you have the headliner drawing the names mm-hmm. and then locals get in tune with more local artists. Mm-hmm. Artists such as myself, Dylan Ponders, T.Y., Jimmy B., um, G. Miller. We're all going to be opening for Post Malone. People are going to come see Post Malone and they're also going to hear about us. Mm-hmm. And that's how the whole indie versus major thing works. Mm-hmm. And I feel if you have that type of symbi- symbioticness. Yeah. <laughs> going on then it's good and then like to, to your point when it becomes more of like a popular thing for mainstream artists to do and the whole lineup becomes mainstream mm-hmm. then it's getting away from the point mm-hmm. yeah so it could get away from a point but then that could also be like evolution as well but hey tomato tomato at the end of the day. yeah you know someone someone else then some other and we already have like we have north by northeast mm-hmm. which was supposed to be the same thing too like you know yeah. just push indie acts and now it's gotten a lot more major yeah uh, CMW, same thing, mm-hmm. and then we also have Indie Week. Yeah, and then who knows what Indie Week is gonna, you know, yeah. who's gonna who's gonna headline that, right? But mm-hmm. for now, we got CMW at our doorsteps, and we're definitely. I'm trying to take advantage of the the conferences, the networking opportunities as much as possible. And yeah, have a good time with my show, May 6th at the Mod Club. Yeah, that's what's up, man. That's what's up. Now, we're going to talk more about that later on in the show. Yeah. But you already know what we do around here, man. We like to mm-hmm. play games with the guests, you know, <laughs> the listeners and what have you. So that being said, let's get to it. Now, I know you're a sports fan. Uh, Big time. Basketball fan in particular. Uh, so this game right here, this one's just for you. This one is called Crossed Words. Okay? <laughs> so. Oh, man, the pressure's on. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> so. I have two scenarios right now, okay. and both of them are quotes from uh, from certain athletes, all right? And you got to tell me if their words are misconstrued, what they meant by what they said, et cetera, all right? Okay, okay, okay. Okay, so Kyle Lowry, point guard for Toronto Raptors, uh, said to the media following their loss to the Wizards in embarrassing fashion, unfortunately, uh, in regards to Coach Dwayne Casey, he says, and I quote, I respect him as a man. And this was following a reporter's question as to, you know, what he thinks of Casey and if he thinks he'll be back. So, again, he says to him, I respect him as a man. So was that kind of like an underhanded way of dismissing his ability as a coach? Or was that just his general answer, do you think? I feel it's a bit deeper with those two Mm -hmm. because they have had such struggles with each other. Mm -hmm. And I feel for him to say that, Mm -hmm. I think it's just... To me, it sounds like, look, everything is water under the bridge. Mm. This, like, coaching, mm-hmm. 
that's just irrelevant at this point. It's like I respect him as a man, so anything else you're trying to talk about, mm-hmm. don't even like don't even bring it up. Yeah. That type of thing. That's kind of what it sounds like to me. Mm-hmm. I can definitely hear it being construed the other way. Yeah. But I feel with the background of what they've gone through, mm-hmm. that's and with me, you know, trying to be uh I guess an, an optimist for the team's chemistry. Yeah. You know, whether or not I believe Dwayne Casey is a good, bad coach, should be here, should not be here. Yeah. I definitely feel the best thing for any team is to have chemistry. Yeah. And I've that that's kind of, you know, I'm maybe I'm hoping for that, but I think that that could very well be what he's trying to say. Yeah. And it's also a possibility uh, as well. But I remember a lot of people saying how, you know, he may be trying to, you know, stir trouble and what have you. Maybe because of a shady history with head coaches from other teams as well. So this kind of looks as if it could be rearing its ugly head, so to speak. That's one way to look at it. Another way, it's just like you said, you know, it's not about coaching right now. We just, you know, our season is done at the end of the day. You know, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. But if you're asking me what I think of him as a man, I respect him. I you could look at it either way. Like I don't yeah. want to be yeah. the Raptor optimist, but I don't want to be the Raptor skeptic <laughs> as well at the same time. So you know, it leaves a lot for interpretation. Um, should Casey be back next year? Um, it's a little hard to say. You know, at first I was very vocal in saying, you know, maybe he shouldn't be. Maybe he's not the coach for the team. Uh, it's just been a little too up and down for my liking. You know, there are times where like they're doing great, but then other times where he preaches how he's a defensive specialist, yet we dropped from ninth to 23rd in the league in defensive rating, and that is, I've never seen that before. Maybe I'm not paying attention to the other teams in the league, but I personally haven't seen that before in my life as far as basketball is concerned. So it makes me worried that either he may not be practicing what he's preaching or his words aren't falling onto the ears of his players. So that in and of itself is a situation that I think Masai needs to handle and needs to handle diligently during the offseason because a lot of people will be looking for answers in that regard. I agree. And not only Masai, but Casey too. Mm -hmm. Dwayne's got to go back to the drawing board Mm -hmm. because I feel, you know, we had a great offense this year, but it wasn't a very typically... It wasn't an efficient offense. No, and it, it wasn't... And even if it was efficient, it was atypical. It was kind of an outlier. Yeah. I feel like there was nothing saying this is the reason why this offense works. Mm-hmm. Really, the reason why the offense works was the shots were falling. Yeah. We're good. Like, they're good shooters. They're good yeah. players. It's like very streaky. Yeah. It's very like one on one. You know, very streaky. Yeah, like you say. Yeah. There's nothing. There's nothing you could say. This is the system, like in Atlanta or in San Antonio. This is the system. Gets the ball movement, and this is why they get good shots, and this is why it's a sustainable offense. Mm-hmm. And then so that's why at the playoffs you had Casey saying and everybody saying, oh, the shots just weren't falling because that's what they were depending on the whole season, right? So, and I think there was a quote from Dwayne Casey saying like, you know, we analyzed that we got, we got to change the system definitely on offense. We got to change, in my opinion, (laughs) like they have to implement a system on offense because it didn't even seem like they had a system. And there was quotes from like DeMar saying like, yeah, as long as we play defense, he just lets us do what we want. It's like, Dwayne's got to be better than that, yeah, you know. Than that, yeah. yeah, so I think Dwayne's got to do some, do some soul searching. I feel he should be given another year because, frankly, he only had one year with this squad, and I mean that because when you insert a, a random player like a Paul Pierce to the Washington Wizards, yeah, you're just kind of like that wheel's going, and then you just you, you kind of make the tires a bit fatter, yeah, and then you 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 roll a bit bit a bit more swagger, right? That's yeah. that's what Paul Pierce did. 
But when you add Lou Williams, uh-huh. you're you're turning that from like a 16-inch a wheel mm-hmm. to like an 18-inch wheel, yeah. and then it's like you gotta. It's it's not it's not about driving bad or driving meter. Now it's about learning how to drive again because yeah. you have a different type of different size wheel, and that's gonna affect everything. Yeah. So I feel he shouldn't necessarily be judged too quickly because of that because he had one year to to, to experiment with this. Mm-hmm. Should he have tinkered with it earlier the season? Possibly, yeah. maybe, Trade right? I mean, like, you know, Masai could have done something like that, yeah. right? I mean, Casey could have done something earlier this season, too. Maybe he just didn't want to mess with it because we were doing so good. But fact is, he had this, he had a previous incarnation of the Raptors last year, yeah. and then he had a new one this year. So I feel like, yeah, we dropped from that to 23rd, yeah. but it's like we didn't exactly have the same team because we're so much more ISO-oriented mm-hmm. with Lou Will. And it's not hard to see why Atlanta didn't really think much of him not that he's not an amazing player but he just d- does not fit with that ball movement heavy system but i don't want to put it all on luke will because if you look at the first let's say you know just for sake of argument first 20 games of the season we had the iso game going but we had it going when necessary i think it was a, a balanced attack i'm not even going to say oh well we had an easy schedule that's why we were doing well no like we had an easy schedule but we took advantage of it teams that we need to defeat we defeated hard like we blew out milwaukee by like 39 points one game yeah and we took care of a of a cleveland team that wasn't really organized yet i remember we were down 17 in that game mm-hmm. and then not only did we come back but we beat them by 18 so i think the the offense was balanced at that point but going back to casey i feel like his formations are disorganized at times my personal opinion if you have three ball heavy players on your front not your front court but just on the court in general who are very iso orientated you're not going to get a lot of ball movement whether it be the combination of larry demar or or uh, what's his name or lou williams or if it's lou williams vasquez ross etc etc i think at, at most you need to have two ball heavy guys uh, on the court at the same time but then you need to balance that attack with people in the post and i feel as if he really could have exploited Jonas Valanciunas all those times that they were playing against teams that were doing the small ball. And my biggest gripe with, with Casey is the fact that whenever they went small ball, he went small ball as well to match their tempo. But as a coach, you're supposed to negate that. You're supposed to go against the grain. It's supposed to be a game of chess. If anything, you could have used that, and you could have gotten JV double doubles upon double doubles, and you have actually played them in the fourth quarter. That was my biggest gripe mm. with, with, with mm. Casey. Yeah. Opinion. No doubt. I mean, I feel... Setting the tempo, as opposed to matching it, mm-hmm. is so key. That's the the best teams win by setting the tempo, by yeah. setting the pace. And yeah, I agree with you. It's not all about matchups and matching up with somebody else. Make the match up with you. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I don't feel like Casey is perfect. I don't feel like he's scot free in this situation. Yeah. I feel like he needs to be analyzed and he needs to analyze himself. And maybe maybe that means getting a better offensive coordinator. But I don't feel like he should be the scapegoat for everything that went wrong this year when, you know, like, even like three through five, we have problems, including JV. I mean, he hasn't really developed into the big man we thought he would be because even when you give him the opportunity, he's, it's not like he's, all right, get the machine going and why are you ignoring him the rest of the game? It's like he has his struggles too. But, yeah, no, I definitely am frustrated with the offense being so stagnant. Yeah, it's just like a one-trick pony. But going back to <laughs> JV real quick, though, um, I feel like some people are putting a little too much pressure on him, saying that he should be this all-star by now, what have you. But you got you to gotta take into consideration, this guy's coming from the European game to the NBA game. He's never played one lick of college basketball in America at all. Mm-hmm. Not to mention he was part of a weak draft class 
that the only notable names in that class were Kyrie Irving and Tristan Thompson. That's yeah. how it is. So yeah. I, think, I think people just need to lay off on JV. But I will say that JV does need to improve on his interior defense. Yeah. Uh, but that's about it, though. I Dude, totally. I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying that he should be an all-star just yet. I'm not trying to... I'm not trying to pin that on him, but the fact is that I feel he gets a lot of people just trying to just trying to feed him the ball for no reason. It's like, well, just feed JV. Good things will happen. It's like, not not always. You know, he's he's still a mixed bag. He's still young. He's still he's still getting his feet wet, right? So, and there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing absolutely wrong with that. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But yeah, so I, I I don't feel like I'm I don't want to be getting on his case too much. But could we use an upgrade of the five? Sure. Yeah. Could we use an upgrade of the four? Absolutely. Definitely. Yes. yes, without a doubt. Yeah, and the three, I mean, do I even need to ask at this point? Terrence Ross, you know, like, he should be coming off the bench. I love him, but he should be coming off the bench. So, mm-hmm. with those, with, when you have, like, 40 to 60%, depending on how JV is playing, of your lineup, or starting lineup, mm-hmm. that could be replaceable, I mean, you know, you cannot put all that on the coach. Mm-hmm. What you can put on the coach is, like we were saying, the, the sets, the formations, the substitution patterns yeah. and you know like and, and the jv not playing in the fourth yeah that, that's gotta end. That's <laughs> yeah gotta end. it's got to that's got to end okay we can go for days and that clearly because we're too bad <laughs> so, mind you there's one more scenario in this game what is that right, so, floyd mayweather you know the big fight the epic fight it's coming oh, on yeah. saturday may versus Pac. we already know what it is um he stated in an interview with Stephen a smith of espn last week uh and i quote no one can brainwash me in believing that Muhammad Ali and Sugar Ray Leonard are better than me. Now, last week, I gave him the, the wankster of the week because of that statement. I'm not even worried about him saying he's better than Sugar Ray, Sugar Ray Leonard. That's another story. But yeah. say that he's better than Ali. Do you believe that he believes he's better than Ali, or do you feel like he's just trying to sell the fight? I think he's got to believe that he's better than Ali. I think as a boxer... Uh-huh. Especially when you are, I don't know how to say it, man. When when you when you have that much behind you, and when you have that much riding, I mean, he doesn't even have much riding on each fight. Like it's not like if he loses a fight, he's 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 sol or anything like that. I just feel like of his stature. An artist, a his, uh, artist. Yeah. He is an artist. Well, he is an artist. You know, he does make works of art in the canvas. He's an artiste. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But uh, as uh, from, from an athlete of his stature, he's got to believe he's better than Ali. He's got to believe he's better than everybody. He's got to believe that nobody can stop him. And if he believes he's better than Ali, I mean, you know, for him, his mindset is like that's got to be uh, something for a psyche in terms of beating Pacquiao, in terms of beating anybody, really. Mm-hmm. So. I feel like he's got to have that mindset. If he doesn't, mm-hmm. he's, uh, you know, I'm not saying he's in trouble, but I'm sure it doesn't hurt him to have that mindset. Is he right <laughs> or is he wrong? I mean, that's another topic of discussion. I feel like anytime you're, 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 you're judging errors against each other, mm-hmm. I feel like it's kind of like, it's just a pointless debate. It's like, who's better, Shaq or Wilts? Like, you know, Wilt's had a hundred point game, but he also played a bu- against you know a bunch of I want to say pimply, but like you know short <laughs> shorter people. Like he didn't have the same competition, mm-hmm. and you could say Bill Russell's competition, but he did a hundred against the Knicks, not against Bill Russell. So I mean, you know, it's like it's different eras. It's always hard to compare. But if I'm him, I'm telling myself I'm better than Ali. 
I'm telling myself I'm better than any sumo wrestler. I'm telling myself I'm better than the earth itself. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm telling myself I'm better than the World Trade Center. I'm telling myself I'm better than the CN Tower. I'm telling myself I'm better than you know the Taj Mahal and, and the that was that was that was, that was not a climb, that was not a climactic answer. I'm telling myself I'm telling myself I'm bigger than Everest. You know if I'm him, I'm telling myself I can punch Mount Kilimanjaro and knock it down. That's what that's what I'm telling myself. If I'm if I'm Mayweather, so I he, for his psyche, he's got to have it. I'll say this, and I I'm gonna kind of recycle what I said last week as well too. Um, to say that you're better than Ali is blasphemous in my opinion. Um, mainly because of the fact that it was a different era, a different time. Back in Ali's era, heavyweight match, or sorry, not heavyweight matches, title shit, or t- championship matches, rather, were 15 rounds. Nowadays, are 12 rounds. So you got to consider the endurance that it takes to fight for so long in the ring. Also, in Ali's time, when you were in a championship fight, you're going against the best person in your division next to you. Where nowadays, in boxing, it's become like a like a people's choice award in the sense where they pretty much select who you should fight in the next round because it's not as popular anymore. So in order to get sales up to compete with, let's say, I don't know, MMA maybe, you got to choose the fighter that the people want you to, to fight against. Also, Ali's uh, list of opponents are miles and miles beyond the opponents that Mayweather has had to fight. You're talking about Sonny Lister. You're talking about George Foreman. You're talking about Smoking Joe Frazier. He beat him two out of three times, whereas Mayweather, he beat, you know, an over-the-hill Oscar De La Hoya, who was no longer the golden boy by that time. Uh, you're talking about Ricky, uh, Ricky Hatton, who was halfway towards retiring, Zab Judah, who was virtually irrelevant, and a Shane Mosley, who almost shook him up, really, was still past his prime as well. So you got to take into consideration uh, the quality of yeah, the competition. The, the competition is no, is no competition. Yeah. So I would say... Mayweather is the best of his generation, no doubt, in my mind. But of all time, it's still going to Muhammad Ali, man. That, that's my opinion. I agree with you. I just think, just to, add, to answer the, the original question, like, you know, like, do, do I think he actually believes that? Mm-hmm. Yes. Do, do I think that's necessary for his psyche, maybe? Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. But is it, you know... Is it true? No. no definitely, <laughs> not, definitely, not, definitely not. Maybe, maybe when he... Maybe, maybe he's... Maybe it's it's the other way around. Mm-hmm. It's not that someone can brainwash him into thinking that he's better than Ali. Yeah. Maybe it's he's brainwashed himself into thinking he's better than Ali for his own career, for his own, you know, the the his own fitness, yeah. for his own mental mental fitness, right? Exactly. So maybe I think it's the other way around, and I think once he retires, maybe then he'll unbrainwash himself exactly. and then admit that Ali is the greatest. <laughs> I mean, it's like Kobe brainwashing himself into thinking that he's better than Jordan. Yeah. But really, we all know he's not. Like, yeah, please. Of course, yeah. Anyways, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, we got Crossroads in the building and uh, we are going to play his latest record called Breathe right now. So, with that being said, keep it locked. We will be back. And when we do get back, we will finally get into the long-awaited discussion about what's happening in Baltimore. So keep it locked. This is Cool Radio. We'll be right back after these messages. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the show. You're now tuned to CFRE 91.9 FM. It is your man, DM Cool. And welcome back to Cool Radio. We still got my man Crosswords in the building. You already know what it is. And now we are going to discuss, you know, something that's been happening within the news as of recent. And I'm talking about uh, the Baltimore riots. Okay. Now, 
In case if anyone doesn't know where that originated from, that originates from the killing of a young gentleman by the name of Freddie Gray. Now, this man was uh, brutally attacked by the by the police, and basically the attack led to a broken leg and also uh, severe spinal damage, which led to it, which led to his death, unfortunately. And so this goes along the. Uh, I don't want to say trend, but it goes along, you know, the same typical patterns of police brutality within America, particularly amongst minorities, specifically with blacks. So, of course, Baltimore not being um, a civil city to begin with in terms of, you know, what they have to go through in terms of police brutality, in terms of racial profiling, in terms of drug trafficking, et cetera, et cetera. This was just another thing added onto the list, which led to the civic unrest of the people. So as a result of that, many people have started uh, to protest. Now, there have been many peaceful protests, but unfortunately, there have been rioters, there have been looters, and even more unfortunately, mainstream media outlets such as CNN, Fox News, a.k.a. Fixed News, as I like to call it, <laughs> uh, have been only shedding, quote-unquote, lights on the rioting and the looting that a lot of the, you know, a lot of the rebellious people have gone to as a result of that. I mean, it even goes as far as, <clears throat> pardon me, the Bloods, the Crips, the Jays, and also the Latin Kings combining their their numbers, so to speak, and have protested peacefully against the police officers of Baltimore, Maryland. Um, so with all this going on crossroads, like what's your take on what's happening? It's unfortunate. You know, it's unfortunate that we have to be in this scenario. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's just, it's like history repeats, you know what I'm saying? Like, so Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't want to say that it's unfortunate that people are looting Mm -hmm. because it is, Mm -hmm. but what do you expect? Mm -hmm. You know, like when, when cops keep dancing around the issue, Mm -hmm. politicians keep dancing around the issue. Not only in America, like over here in, in Toronto, our hands yeah. aren't all the way clean. Yeah, the carding, for example. Right, carding is a huge thing. And then we had a Sammy Yatim last year. You know, he was he was shot. Even he even had a knife, but he was still shot like ten times. Then they tased yeah. him. What are you tasing? <laughs> tase a dead man for? Exactly. You know, I'm 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 laughing, but I'm laughing and crying at the same time. Mm-hmm. It's it's I'm laughing out of the ridiculousness of this of the situation, and it's. Like I said, it's sad. It's unfortunate that we're back in this same situation and it feels like time hasn't passed. Mm-hmm. It feels like time hasn't passed in 20 years because mm-hmm. just yesterday was the 23rd anniversary of um, oh, the LA riots, the LA riot yeah. for, the, for, Rodney King, for the, LA, the LA riots mm-hmm. that were done because of the Rodney King uh, fiasco. Mm-hmm. So, and, and obviously the way that authority and minority relations have been in the States mm-hmm. forever mm-hmm. have gone. It's just, it doesn't, it doesn't bode well. So it's unfortunate that it has to go down like this, mm-hmm. but I think that's the key that in some ways it does have to go down like this. Mm-hmm. What are, what are people's options? You know, like what, what option do you have when you have everything taken away from you? Opportunities, mm-hmm. Colleges are extremely expensive in the States. You can't just get a scholarship. You can't just get an education. You can't just graduate high school. You know, it's a, it's an overall systemic failure, and it's designed that way. So, I mean, you know, it's, it's just it's unfortunate that it has to happen. Even in it happening, I don't even know if it's going to cause the effect that people want it to happen yeah 
and that's a, I think that's the saddest part of it. I think that's the most unfortunate part. It's like, despite all the, the looting, despite all the rioting, mm-hmm. you know, the rioting doesn't solve anything mm-hmm. because all it does is, is paint a ne- protesters a negative in a negative picture, picture right? Yeah. Whatever, black, white, Latino, mm-hmm. Chinese, doesn't matter, you know, Indian, um, Native American, doesn't matter. If you protest, mm-hmm. you're automatically casting a bad on yourself. Exactly. And I don't want to act like all the protests have come from, you know, have happened organically. Yeah. You know, in the G20, there was the whole thing about the cop cars burnt. How come they were all old cop cars mm-hmm. in random streets that no, they were completely away from protests? Yeah. Like, how do you explain that? You know, so I do feel like the the powers that be yeah. are behind some of these protests and some, sorry, protests, these riots, yeah. the violent acts. Yeah. But I'm also not going to act like it's all of them. I definitely do know that, you know, there are people who come to riot centers just to riot and loot and to, you know, exactly. cause ruckus. So you have that happening on one hand. On the other hand, you have the peaceful protest that is A, being ignored because of the rioting, and B, like, I'm not even convinced that peaceful protest really has an effect. So it's a catch-22. You're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. Yeah. What we need is our leaders, our so-called leaders, to be stepping up. Mm-hmm. And that's the most frustrating part for me is that they consistently, always just drop the ball on this. It's like it's like change is coming, up, coming upon us at beyond a snail's pace. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like The cops aren't doing anything about it. In Missouri, the guy goes up there and says, Ferguson, the guy goes up there and says, Takes a sweet time and he says, yep, he's, uh, we're not indicting him on anything. You're not even going to give him a trial. Exactly. He killed somebody on camera. Yeah. You know, we, we ask for body cameras. They get body cameras, they, they, they malfunction. Exactly. It's, just, it's just a systemic, it's, it's got to come from the top. Yeah. You know, I don't believe in trickle-down economics. Mm-hmm. I do believe in... I do believe in leadership taking accountability for itself. Yeah. I feel like that's two completely different things. Trickle-down leadership, yeah, we need that. And, and the same guys, they're, they're saying, no, no, trickle-down economics. They're taking away opportunities mm-hmm. from people by saying, let's let all the rich hold all the money and then let them decide what to do with it because they know what they're doing because they're rich, right? Exactly. No, that doesn't mean they know what they're doing. That just means that they were... It just means they're more empowered. Yeah, they exactly, exactly. You know, geez, if I'm not, I'm not rich, but if I was rich, do you, you think I would go out of my way to give more money to charity? No. <laughs> and another thing that, that I've been noticing, you know, throughout this whole entire ordeal is the fact that even though there are loot, there's looting and rioting going on, they're criminalizing the entire thing altogether. Like they, they're criminalizing, they're criminalizing even the people who are doing the peaceful protests and kind of mixing them in with the people who are doing the rioting and they're losing sight of the fact that they're rioting because of the civil unrest that's going on. I'm not saying it's right that they're doing it. But that's one of the main reasons as to why it's happening. But then you look at some people who riot because their favorite sports team lost, for example, like with the Vancouver Canucks in 2011 or with Kentucky winning but still you know, flipping cars over nonetheless. I feel like that stuff is just patterned to you know, boys will be boys, so to speak. Whereas over here within Ferguson, within Baltimore, wherever a riot has taken place due to civic unrest and you know the powers that be taking advantage of minorities people just kind of chalk it up to quick complaining why are you pouting for smarten up and those 
you know, comments are not conducive to a positive result at the end. I feel as though people, you know, who don't really know about the situation need to understand what is happening yeah. and why it's happening. Because honestly, if they don't, then they're just going to be ignorant to it and they're going to make ignorant comments about it. Yeah. Them. I mean, to me, honestly, the, the reaction to the riots, I chalk that up as a human failure. Mm-hmm. It is a human failure to look at a riot, a rioting situation, a city burning, yeah. and instead of saying, instead of asking, why is this going on and being concerned as to the why is going on just pointing at the what mm-hmm. and being outraged at people rioting that's a human failure mm-hmm. that's a human error in judgment and error in analysis mm-hmm. and that's like you know i mean if 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 i'm if if i'm lighting up a smoke signal mm-hmm. i'm not if i light up a smoke signal and an airplane goes around and sees me lighting up that smoke signal if I'm in the middle of a, of, of, a, of a forest or something like that and the person says why is that person having a campfire yeah. or like or like look at that person with a campfire what like what 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 what, what idiocy is this mm-hmm. instead of being like that person is lighting up a smoke signal what is what could that be about let me go find out let me investigate exactly. that's a human failure yeah. it's like it's a human failure that we are treating riots as a problem in themselves instead of treating the cause of the riots as a problem exactly. or investigating as to why those riots are happening. Exactly. So it's a total, like, it's a, it's, I don't know if it's a human failure from an, an, an analytical standpoint, maybe a media failure from a coverage standpoint. It's definitely a media failure. <laughs> so, you know, it's like. Because media constructs reality. Like, we will believe what we see for face value. So if CNN is saying a bunch of hooligans are causing a riot in Baltimore for, for no reason, for a simple reason, then the person at home on the other side of the screen is going to believe them because at the end of the day, where else are they going to get their source from? Yeah, yeah. So I think that it's, it, it's especially on the media's part to exactly examine exactly what is happening within the place of origin, whether it be in Baltimore, whether it be in Ferguson, wherever the case may be, report it fairly and report it from both sides so that people know what's going on so that it doesn't just portray a bunch of, you know, uncivilized black people acting like wild savages. No, they are protesting. They are looting. A lot of this is happening because of yet another injustice that has been done upon to them. Right. I mean, to be honest with you, the looting, I feel like the looting should be done. And this is kind of why I say it's not all people crazy looters, mm-hmm. although there are some crazy looters. I, I feel like there's definitely more of the powers of be in, 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 you know, in, in charge of this. It's like, if you're going to loot, don't loot the liquor store. Yeah, exactly. well, Why are you looting the liquor store for? The liquor store is owned by the same person who's, who's sympathizing with you and trying to help you out. You want to loot? Go loot, loot the bank. Mm-hmm. You know, like, and I feel that I feel like that's why we're all kind of being had in this game. Yeah, I feel like that's why we're all being trapped in this game because Occupy Wall Street. They went at Wall Street. Mm-hmm. You know, like well, well, these the people out on the streets. They really want answers. Yeah, and you know, sometimes the 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 riot is it could be numerous things, right? It could be main things. I just feel like focusing on the fact that they're rioting. Mm-hmm. Is, it takes away from exactly it detracts from the story, right? Yeah. So, you know, like don't focus on the fact they're rioting. Focus on the fact they're rioting, but be like, why are they rioting? Like, yeah, why? Focus the, on the yeah, cause of exactly, that exactly. Like, it's 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 a bad thing that they're rioting. Yeah, you know, but not just because there's rioters on the loose and they should be arrested, but because there's something underlying this riot mm-hmm. 
and that, 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 that's happening. And I feel like that conversation is not being had enough. Why are they rioting? What can we do to prevent this from happening in the future? And then when they're given that opportunity to do something to prevent it from happening, or at least give answers, yeah. that's why it, go, it goes back to the leadership. It goes back to politicians. It goes back to police officers who are employees of politicians or employees of the, of the cities and the states and the, and the country. Like, they got a responsibility to handle these things with accountability, and they are not doing it. And, you know, it's overall, it's just, that's what caused this. Mm-hmm. And you, you said it best, you know, at the end of the day, it starts and it ends with the powers that be. And on that note, we're, gonna, we're about to get to our old school join of the day right here. And I couldn't have figured a better track to play in spite of all of the craziness that is happening. Ladies and gentlemen, from, you know, 1989, I believe, Public Enemy. Fight the power. We're about to play that right now. And when we get back, we're going to move to a more lighthearted topic, which you already know is Wankster of the Week. So keep it locked. This is Cool Radio. We'll be right back after these messages. Yeah. What's going on, people? It's your boy, Femi Lassen, and man, me. It's your man, Bo Pinto, at Bo Pinto. Jay Hood from the Toronto Argos. You are now tuned in. Cool. Cool. Radio 91.9 FM. I had an amazing experience. I had an amazing time. The best radio show experiences I've had ever. Stay tuned for the hottest in news, hip-hop, entertainment, and everything. Every Thursday at 8 p.m. Big shout out to DM Cool. Good vibes. Love you, man. You're famous. I love it. Yes, yes, yo. Welcome back to the show. You're now tuned to CFRE 91.9 FM and on the World Wide Web at CFREradio.com. It is your man, DM Cool. And this is Cool Radio. I still got my man Crosswords in the building. There you go. The silent cheer. Out cheer. Out cheer. Out cheer. I did it for the video. There you go. Did it for the camera. And yes, we do have these on video. Speaking of which, go to youtube.com slash cool underscore radio to subscribe and catch all the video clips. Uh, we also are on SoundCloud as well. Same handle, cool underscore radio for full podcasts. And they are now downloadable as well too, mind you. So if you want to ever download for on the go, you don't want to kill off your data or anything because you all have like one gig, two gig data plans or whatever, then you already know what to do. But nonetheless, it is time, ladies and gentlemen, in our uh, overtime edition of Cool Radio, as I like to call it. And it's affectionate that I'm saying it's time because uh this particular wankster this one is near and dear to my heart and it pains me to give him the wankster but i'm gonna have to but nonetheless who will enter the shallow walls of the hall of shame who is the captain of coonery this week ladies and gentlemen it is time for wankster of the week yes now wankster of the week goes to none other than former let me repeat myself Former UFC light heavyweight champion, John Bones Jones. Now, Bones is getting the wanks to this week, and it pains me to give it to him. But I have to be impartial in my uh, uh, the, you know, passing of wanksters and what have you. But nonetheless, he is getting the wanks to because he was arrested for a hit-and-run incident that involved a pregnant woman who suffered a couple of injuries. And not only that, but he was also caught fleeing the scene after said incident had taken place. Now, this is not the first time that Bones has gotten himself into trouble with the law. In 2012, he was arrested for a DUI. And then earlier this year, earlier this year before his fight with Daniel Cormier, he, was, he tested positive for cocaine. 
No, it's not cool to be in love with the Coco before a fight. But nonetheless, this was a long string of instances where he got himself into trouble with the law. And this one was a straw that broke the camel's back. So what did Dana White do? UFC President Dana White stripped him of the UFC uh, light heavyweight title and is now being pitted against Daniel Cormier and another fighter at the next UFC bill. And as a result of this, also... This has turned into a domino effect because now Reebok is pulling him from their sponsorship. <sighs> now, um, I'm going to say this. Earlier in the show, I did mention that you know athletes or celebrities in general, rather, don't have to be role models. It is up to them whether, they, whether or not they want to be a role model. However, if you are in the public eye, it is your duty to uphold yourself to the highest level possible. Because it behooves you. It does. Yes, it does. It does. It, it does. Absolutely. Now, I say that because of the fact that you're not only representing yourself, but you're representing the brand that you are carrying. So in this case, um, Mr. John Bones Jones, you're representing UFC as the light heavyweight champion. May I remind you that is the most popular division within your sport. If it wasn't for that, then UFC probably wouldn't be where it's at right now. Possibly. Possibly. But nonetheless... I hate it when athletes, celebrities in general, get themselves in these situations that compromise, you know, how they're going to earn their money, how they're going to live their life. At the end of the day, you are participating in a profession in which you are doing what you love. You are beating people's heads in for a living and you are getting paid handsomely for it. So why put yourself in a predicament where you are risking, uh, risking your earnings, risking your well-being in terms of your finances? If you got yourself into a car accident, just exchange, you know, the um, the the insurance info and be done with it. Yes, she got injured, but at least had you stayed with her during that time, you know, call the authorities and what have you, things would have ended up differently. You probably still would have had your UFC title around your waist. Reebok would have been paying you millions of dollars to endorse whatever the hell they wanted you to endorse. I mean, this is a long, this is a this is years away from the same. Uh, uh, John Bones Jones that apprehended an assailant in a, in a New York park years ago. Now this is the guy who's running away from the crime rather than preventing a crime or stopping a crime rather. <sighs> Jones, 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 man, this this pains me, man, because you are my favorite. You're my favorite. I'm sure you can come back from this, but nonetheless, you need to do a lot of soul searching and you need a heavy case of redemption because right now you are. I wouldn't say you're at rock bottom right now, but nonetheless, you're getting closer to that chasm. And until you get up out of there, this is nothing short of Wankster material. So on that note, I've got to drop that dub on you. And do you deserve this, Wankster? Of course you deserve this, Wankster. So let's drop that for him real quick. I had to do it to you. I had to. I'm sorry. My hands are tied. Cross, what's your take on this? Man, you know, maybe it's the gift and the curse. Like, I'm not a big UFC avid fan watcher, yeah. but I, from what I've seen, you need to have a lot of aggression in a very short amount of time. Now, for some of them, it might be an outlet. You know, they might be meditative the entire rest of the time they're, they're, on this, they're walking this earth. I've seen some interviews. Um, I'm so, I'm, who's, the, who's Joe Rogan yeah, on the Joe, Joe Rogan, Rogan show? Yeah. You know, and, and he's... He's another example of somebody who's an avid fight fan and a practitioner who's just 
you know, for lack of a better word, weeded out the entire rest of the time. Yeah, yeah. So he's very calm. Yeah. So I, I can definitely see that UFC being an escape for some people. Yeah. I can also see UFC just being part of some people's nature. Yeah. And, you know, maybe that was the the UFC part for, for him is the positive side. And then it rears its ugly head when he's out in public. You know, maybe he should do like Rob Ford and get a driver. <laughs> Listen, this maybe he should get a driver, you know? The amount of people that have cameras on him. I think every time he's on film, someone's rocking like a GoPro or something like that. Let's be honest. But nonetheless, you know, let's move on to more positivity, shall we? Um, where can the people find you on social media? They can find me at CrosswordMC. That's everywhere except for Instagram. Uh-huh. So Facebook, Twitter, uh, SoundCloud, 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 YouTube. Yeah, I'm blanking. So yeah. Facebook. So everything is um, like Facebook.com slash CrosswordMC. Same with SoundCloud, YouTube, Twitter is at CrosswordMC. My website is CrosswordMC.com. And my Bandcamp is CrosswordMC.Bandcamp.com. There you pretty go. consistent. There you go. I would, I would say pretty consistent. Unlike uh, doing Casey's lineups, I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. Anyways, I'm not gonna. Sh- I'm not gonna. You know. You know. Burn that too often. But nonetheless, uh, Crosswords, you already know. You're more than welcome to come through on the show anytime. Thank, Thank you very you. much. And um, as for yours truly, you already know where to find me. Uh, but before I get to all that, I got to plug in my boy one more time. He is performing at CMW on May the 6th, opening for Post Malone. He is showing the card on the camera right now. But in case you can't see that card because we're not filming live, I will list the, the headliner, or not the headliners, but the openers. Um, Dilla Pond- Dylan Ponders, Jimmy B, Crossford, you already know, T.Y. and G. Miller. Music by CRSB, T.O. Neo and the base six and this will all be going down at the virgin mod club seven sorry 722 college street once again may 6 oh yeah and you can buy tickets online at postmalonet.eventbrite.ca there you go and on that note y'all can follow me on twitter at dm underscore cool Follow the show on Twitter at DM at Cool underscore radio. Follow us on SoundCloud at Cool underscore radio. And subscribe to us on YouTube at Cool underscore radio. We will have another live epic show for you guys next week. Same cool time, same cool channel. You already know how we do. But once again, it is your man, DM Cool. Keep it gravy and wavy. We are out of here. Peace. Peace.